Hey, hey, welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we have got a lot going on for us to talk about in the Big Ten. It's the basketball episode midweek. Uh, these basketball episodes, every now and then, we get a lot of people in here, but you know, we have a lot of Minnesota fans and a lot of Illinois fans that listen, and uh, their their ball game's going on tonight. So we'll see how many we get in here. If you're not one of those, uh, go ahead and comment. Let us know that you're in here. We'd love to to talk it up. Hey, Indiana's got a ball team back. Indiana fans, get your ass in here. That's what I was going to say. We also have some Indiana to talk about tonight, so I'm excited about that. Uh, if Burke starts uh, talking too much, I will pull the fire alarm to get him to stop <laughs> talking. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. I'll just uh, come out the gates hot as ever and win, me, win myself a game. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, that was that was absolutely crazy uh, when that yeah, happened. Just, we were just yeah. talking about it before we got on here, and my in-laws were at the game, and it was like when you saw everybody leaving, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And then you figure out later on someone just pulled the fire. <laughs> Dude, it seems like it literally took somebody lighting a fire under this team's ass. <laughs> Pretty much. I uh, I made the joke. I think I made it on your tweet, Burke, that, uh, you know, Indiana, they were shooting nearly 50% from three. It was too hot in the building. Too hot, you know? too hot man. It's crazy. <laughs> That's some of the best shooting they've had all season. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, it's, it was it was a outlier. But, man, you know what? At the end of the day, I welcome it. This, this fan base is so divisive over whether it's ultimately a good thing because does this give Mike Woodson more time than he needs? And it's, man, you know what? Indiana in that game was at at the very least a sum of its parts. And I have been waiting so long for this team this season to be at the very least a sum of their parts. And here they are. Kalel Ware just doing yeah, what Kalel we'll talk does. about it all later. Yeah. Let's get to the first game. Uh Northwestern and Maryland. So this game just ended. We had Northwestern and Maryland. Northwestern wins 68 to 61. Uh the total points do not tell the story of the offense. That was going on in this game. Uh, U-G-L-Y, ugly. Ugly, ugly offense in this game. A lot of free throws in this one. I think it was, was it uh, Martinelli that hit like over half of his points in free throws? I'm looking it up really fast. Yeah, Brooks Barnheiser hit 10 free throws. And he had 14 points, so only four points from actually making shots in this one. Just an absolutely wild game. I'm not... As against a it, big as ten masterclass, a big ten masterclass. I'm not as against it as other people are. I think it's kind of like what the Big Ten is every now and then. You just get these games, and and I love it. What were your thoughts on the game, Burke? I mean, I love you just justifying ugliness. Like, uh, yeah, it's 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 a whatever. It's part of us. It makes us who we are. Man, it's ugly basketball. Uh, ultimately, I mean, boo booey. But I mean, just boo booey, man. He was missing everything, missing yeah. everything. And it's, 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 you know, in a game where Boo Booey performs like that, you have to win. You have to, that's, those are the only opportunities you have to get one on Northwestern right now. And then, yeah, when you, you don't expect Martinelli to have just a career night from the free throw line, apparently. And yeah, it's, it's, this Northwestern team is something special because Boo Booey is something special. The fact they were able to win this game without Boo Booey being someone special, I mean, that, yeah, that's just upsetting for a Maryland fan base, who I will shed no tears for because they just took Dairy Queen. So, 
<laughs> well, he, uh, Derek Queen, I think, was saying that uh, he was going to go to IU if uh, Kalel Ware was leaving. So uh, maybe this means that Kalel Ware is coming back. No, this means Kalel Ware leaves and Indiana's left just with just empty hands. We need to find something. And you know what? Ultimately, I'm like, it's it'll be Malik's front court next year. We'll yeah. we'll f- build it around him. We'll figure it out. Well, and that's that's like that's the thing with uh, IU that I see similarly with Maryland right now is that Maryland has like, and we'll talk more about IU in a minute. But you know, IU has two really really good players on their team, and the rest of the players, if they hit, it's a really good game. But if they don't do as well, it's a struggle. And Maryland's kind of the same way this year, where Jameer Young is one of the best players in the Big Ten, if not the best player, right behind Zach Eady in the Big Ten. And then you have Julian Reese, who's really good. Unfortunately, he got in foul trouble tonight, which was difficult for them. Now, Kevin Willard continued to play him, but what Northwestern was able to take advantage of late in that game is they were able to get right to the hoop, and Julian Reese really wasn't able to do what he should have done to protect the basket. And so, finally, you saw Northwestern getting to the basket. I personally thought the backup, I forget what his name is, I probably should look it up if I'm going to reference him, the backup, uh, Swanson Roger. That's right. I knew it was like some kind of soup name or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Roger, Mr. Soup, I guess that's what we'll call. Uh, I thought he did. I thought he did well uh, in, in replacement for Julian Reese. So I, I, toward the end of that game, I almost wondered if maybe you just let Jameer Young cook on offense the entire time and let Swanson Roger go play the defense out there a little bit more free because I know he had four fouls, but if he's out of the game, it's not as big of a deal if Julian Reese is out of the game. You agree, Bert? Man, I am soured on Julian Reese just because when you go over against Purdue, you go zero. You have zero points against Purdue, man. Like that, that immediately takes you out of all conference. Talk to me. Like you just can't show up with a goose egg. You can't show up with a goose egg if you're all conference caliber. And, uh, it, you know, he came in with all this hype. Julian Reese. He has been able to get the best of most of those front courts out there in the Big Ten. And uh, when, when, when both those guys are winning their matchups, Maryland has a chance. We've seen it all season. I was so high on this Maryland team entering this season just because they had the tandem of Julian Reese and Jameer Young. Jameer Young, you saw it today. When he gets out in the open, it's he, he's a bad man. He is a dangerous individual in the open court. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it's – well, you thought you were going to get something more from Deshaun Harris-Smith this season as well, which he was good tonight. You know what, Deshaun Harris-Smith, yeah, fair to him, but it's I, I, I always root for freshmen in this conference because I oh, think, yeah. you know, a conference that has superstar freshmen tends to be the one people talk about, pe- tends to be the one people pay attention to. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's he, his shooting just isn't what they thought they were getting, which is the story of so many of these Big Ten freshmen this season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, if they had that third option, if they had that guy on the wing to go to, this Maryland team would be, I mean, probably where I thought they were, like a th- top. I, I honestly thought preseason they'd be, like, number three in the Big Ten. Yeah. No, I thought they were going to be much better, too. At least in the in the top half, I thought was a lock. But they just haven't been this season. Uh, we had a couple comments here. Let's go to them. The OHIO podcast. What up, guys? Let's talk about the real story in Big Ten basketball. The Ohio State women are Big Ten champions. Yeah, hey, uh, the IU women were battling right there with them. So 
that was a close race. We did try to talk women's basketball one time, and then everybody left when that started. Hey, so- credit to that women's team. Now that fan base, they need to be careful. Uh, yeah. Out here charging over Caitlin Clark, man. That's an investment in college basketball that we're all making, Caitlin Clark, right there. Watch out. You can't be yeah. destroying our investment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Wake Forest, too. You're on notice as well with Kyle Jesus, Philipowski. dude. Uh, Dave says the Northwestern Maryland game felt like an old school Ivy League game. Uh, that's a very good way to put it, Dave. <laughs> man, when, the, when Northwestern is slowing the game down to the level in which they did, you could tell none of them have faith in their ability to get a bucket at that moment. Like <laughs> they, they were squeezing every second they could out of that shot clock, ultimately shooting themselves in the foot for the like chance of an inefficient like shot. Yeah, it, it, it was just immaculately ugly basketball. But man, it's it's Big Ten. You're going to get some of those. You're going to get some of those. Well, and I was surprised Boo Booey wasn't going at the basket more. Like, it, I mean, he only shot two free throws in this game for Martinelli, who shot 10, and Barnheiser, who shot 10. I mean, even Blake Smith, that you know, B. Smith, not Braden Smith, Blake Smith for Northwestern because they have all these injuries. He started, he shot five free throws in this game. So, uh, you know, it, it was it was wild to me that Boo Booey wasn't getting to the basket more and being that um, – you know, aggressive piece that he sometimes is able to be. And I thought in this game with Julian Reese being um, uh, restrained and limited because of the foul trouble, I thought he would have done it more, but he had other guys around him who were willing to get to the basket. And I don't know. I, I, I have mixed thoughts on boo booey in this game, but uh, Burke, I do want to ask you this question though. Is Northwestern basketball underrated? Because this season they are about to put very possibly, we talked about it last episode, they are about to go to the NCAA tournament for the second time in a row for their first time in program history. And, I mean, the net and the Ken Palm, all of these number metrics, they don't love them. And at the end of the day, like, they're 5-5 five and five in quad one games. Yeah, they have that one, I think it was a quad three or quad four loss against Chicago State. But other than that, like, Mississippi State early on in the season, that was still a quad one loss and they've been pretty good in their other games i think i mean they they beat purdue right so i mean like at the end of the day like i don't understand how northwestern is so high up in the net and the kin palm up in like the 50s and 40s and things like that if you ask me they're more of a lock to be in the tournament right now than michigan state is what do you think yeah yeah i'd, I'd agree wholeheartedly with that because they they have something that's hard to quantify and that's it when you have Boo Booey, you have it. Right. Like, there, there's something about, like, Northwestern won that game today, ultimately. But when the game is against the, when, when your back's against the wall, the game is on the line. Like, Boo Booey, he brings something, something to the plate that you can't measure, you can't quantify, but he, he delivers it every time. And it, it usually is resulting in Northwestern finding a way to scrape out these wins. And as opposed to being, in the case of Michigan State, a very, very, very good team that appears to lose a whole hell of a lot. They are a, they appear to be a very, very, very bad team that appears to win a whole hell of a lot. So it, it's crazy. Well, and they just, they went on the road in the Big Ten. I know Maryland is not heralded as the best team ever this season, but they still have, you know, an all Big Ten player in Jameer Young and one of, in, in one of the de- defensive player of the year candidates and Julian Reese on their team. And they just went into Maryland where they have not historically won often. I think what they said is the second win in school history. Yeah, Yeah, like that's crazy. 
And they did all that without Ty Berry, who scores 12 points per game, and without Ryan Legbord, who scores 12 points per game. I mean, you lost 24 points in this game, and you were still able to come out on top and get a quad one win. I I don't get it. I think Northwestern is a much better team than the numbers give them credit for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave says, trying to listen to the show nervously watching Gophers Illinois game. Dave, we were just talking about you uh, in the Minnesota fans and the Illinois fans. We weren't sure... Uh, how many of you we were going to see tonight, but uh, we appreciate you being here, Dave. We'll uh, we'll try to calm your nerves a little bit by talking about some. And I respect those Gopher fans. They deserve a program on the rise. They do. They do. We have been giving the, the Gophers much praise on the podcast lately, and uh, they deserve it. Uh, I think Ben Johnson, he's he's building something really, really special there. So, again, I could go on. I mean, on, they don't deserve it more Minnesota. than us, but they deserve it. They deserve it. You're right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Iowa. The the fire alarm with 10 minutes left in the second half gave Kalel Ware and Malik Renew the rest they needed, as the broadcast was saying. It was a crazy situation, but ultimately this was a crazy game. IU just really got out in front, and not only did Kalel Ware have one of his best games of the season, but you saw Malik Renew really get basically anything he wanted down low, and then you also saw Trey Galloway be who Indiana fans have wanted Trey Galloway to be this season. Now, Xavier Johnson did some good things as well, and Gabe Cups was was good as well for what he's been lately, but I feel like it was the kind of trifecta of Galloway, Ware, and Renew, and also Mbako as well. He did some really good things as well, but kind of the, the trio of those guys that really won this game for Indiana. Uh, Burke, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, my thoughts on the game, I mean, I saw a headline today from Zach Osterman. He's the Indy Star reporter for the Hoosiers, and it was... Uh, it read, for one strange night, Indiana basketball earned the right to feel good about itself again. And uh, honestly, that it, 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 he summed it up perfectly in that sentiment. Like, however you feel about this program right now as a fan, however you feel about Mike Woodson at this point in time as a fan of this program, like that win was a win you could sit back and, and appreciate. It's a win you should sit back and appreciate. The Hoosiers fought hard and more evidently like wanted it far more than we have seen at all this season. Um, this Indiana team has come out so flat at times, man. I cannot express like just the difference in the caliber of effort they were bringing in this game. Yeah, I, and you saw it from guys like like Trey Galloway, who I pointed out earlier. He only had six points in this game, but he had four rebounds and he had 12 assists as well. You could tell somebody like Trey Galloway in this game, he really wanted it every single time. And I felt like Xavier Johnson was given a whole lot of effort and doing some good things as well. And obviously he's a little sporadic, and I know that's kind of a hot take because Indiana fans have all of their thoughts and, and feelings about him but hey he didn't get a technical foul okay and at the end of the day he turned the ball over what only five times so <laughs> right Dude, hey uh, let's start with Xavier let's start with Xavier my thoughts on Xavier Johnson is his PR team whoever made the decision to go two long sleeves loosely loose long sleeves great decision great decision because I'm so simple-minded I'm such a simple-minded sports fan I saw that and I'm like who's this guy Who's this new guy? <laughs> who, who do we just get on this team? He showed up. He he his his demeanor was entirely different. He swallowed everything that was coming his way. And you know what? I respect the hell out of it just because he's trying. It, it, he's showing an initiative to change what was happening. 
And uh, I respect him for that. You know, the very second he comes on the floor, he commits a turnover in the first possession. The first instance of him having the ball in his hands, there's a turnover. Goes on to have five of, I think, Indiana's 12. And uh, you know what? Indiana won. I'm just going to say, Xavier Johnson, there's still time to turn this around. I appreciated the effort he came out with, like the the not the, so much the effort, just as the reservation. And uh, you know what? We can we can build on that, and we can finish the season strong. And his story can end better than we all thought it may have, at, at, like in the middle of this season. Yeah, and I think it's interesting with Xavier Johnson, right? Because you don't want to see the five turnover games, obviously. I'm kind of making jokes there about like, oh, only five turnovers. You don't want to see that. However, there is a sense of aggression that you get from this team when Xavier Johnson is in the game that you just don't get when Gabe Cups is out there handling the ball. I'm not trying to be a Gabe Cups hater or anything like that, but let's be honest. Gabe Cups is is one of the worst point guards in the Big Ten. Now he's a freshman, so you know, let's give him <laughs> give him yeah. credit, you know, for, for how young he is and things like that. But at the end of the day, he does not have the aggression on this team that Xavier Johnson does. And Xavier Johnson pushes the ball up the court more and he gets the guys running and doing those things that, that Gabe Cups just isn't able to do. And I feel like when Indiana is aggressive in playing their game, not reacting to the other team's game, that is when they're at their best. I felt like that's what IU was doing when uh, Wisconsin was coming back. They were kind of they were kind of playing Wisconsin's game, just kind of being defensive. And then when they came back from that fire alarm or whatever you want to call it, that's when they started getting aggressive and they were playing their own game again. Saying, divine intervention. Up. It's called exactly. divine intervention. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, and when IU has good backcourt play. I mean, the front court play has been there all season long. Malik Renew and Kalel Ware, they've been there all season long. That's who you can rely on. But when the backcourt play is at least moderate, that's when you see the best version of this IU team. Because at the, like when IU was playing Penn State the other day, they just they had no backcourt play. There was nothing about that backcourt that looked comfortable, that looked like they wanted to be there, that looked like they knew what was going on. I mean, there were points where it looked like they didn't even know the plays <laughs> that were being played. But when you have backcourt play that is actually manageable and, and, and able to do their job, Kalel Ware and Malik Renew are, are able to be who they're supposed to be so Burke let's get to this question really fast because I know this is a hot topic amongst IU fans and just kind of Big Ten basketball uh is Indiana's season Mike Woodson's fault obviously IU fans are not happy with what's going on things like that your point of view is Indiana's season right now Mike Woodson's fault well it's not his fault because he doesn't take the shots he doesn't shoot the free throws he doesn't miss the like he doesn't commit the fouls if you ask him Man, there's a, it, it's a, I, I, I feel I'm torn in half about all this. And I have to imagine there are a lot of Hoosiers like me, but there are very loud Hoosiers who are very defi- decisive one way or the other. And uh, this season, man, uh, it, it's a combination of trusting everything in Xavier Johnson's hands. It's a confident, it's the roster construction, it's the, an inability to get something out of these guys. And at the end of the day, he you can look at the free throw percentage. It's its just everything, man. It's death by a thousand cuts with this program right now. And who else can you look to but the head coach? 
to put that on. I mean, yeah, the player's effort sucks. We need a guy who can get some effort out of our players. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just frustrating where thank God he was able to sever that losing streak at four games, but it, it, it was, it, it is, it just boils down to him just have having an inability to get this out of these guys consistently. It's, it's the defensive effort, man, Indiana's defense. Sorry, I'm going right back to the game. You're talking about the season as a whole, like Indiana's defense in Madison was allowing 1.4 points per possession in Indiana. They, held it down to 1.11. It, it's just that, like, Kalel Ware, his huge night scoring, like, what was more impressive was his five blocks because right, just Wisconsin was, you saw every single shot they were t- they had taken, even if he wasn't near the shot, it, he affected it. They were taking moon shots. Moon shots and just sending them with a prayer. And, uh, I mean, they were making some of them to their credit. AJ Store had a few of those. But you you see at times what this team could be, how this team should be affecting offenses, what opposing offenses shot selection should look like. It shouldn't be prime three after prime three. Like Kalel Ware was able to have the opposition worried about going on the inside because he was just swatting everything back. And that allowed the perimeter to lock down more than we've seen it all season. And it's, it's all of these things that it, you know, would think would spark change in a program. Mike Woodson is, he's, he's, you know, some of the greats, they have to be a little stubborn to get there. And he, he's, he's been pretty stubborn in uh, just how he's been managing this team, man. He, he just doesn't come out looking to make changes to address anything after it's, it's, it, at times it is, I've said this over the course of my show just all season, it is insanity where he is going square peg, round hole, square peg, round hole, square peg, round hole. Hey, guys, I promise this will work this game. Square peg, round hole. And it, it's 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 ultimately, you know, if it's his problem or not, something needs done, something needs addressed, something needs changed because Assembly Hall needs to stay Assembly Hall. Indiana needs to stay Indiana. Like, yeah, people can say, oh, if you fire him, like who wants the job? You need somebody who's willing. You need a psycho who's willing to take that on. Like Indiana, yeah, we're quick to fire somebody because we have a lot to lose. Look at the support that this program has. You can say like, yeah, we haven't won shit, which we haven't. We haven't won shit. But this team somehow is able to routinely become confident, like competent enough, competitive enough to keep that fan base coming. If enough of these seasons are strung together in the, you know, instant gratification time we are right now, that will go. That will go. You can't just rest on the laurels of 76, of like 87. Like, you can't because uh, there's a whole lot to lose. And you know what? Uh, you, all these programs can say, Indiana, you know, who would want that job? Who could, Who would sign up to just be fired immediately? And it's, you know, if you had everything to lose like we do as far as basketball goes, you would do the same thing. And it's, it, it needs addressed. It needs changed. Or if Mike Woodson's not the one to do it, something needs done. Yeah, no, I think you make a lot of good points. Um, I think, Sorry that, for the rant. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I, I'm glad that we're getting kind of the IU perspective because it's been, it's been 
a lot of different places this season. Like you said, you know, there's people who have very strong opinions on one side and then on the other side, but then there's people like you that like, you kind of see both sides, but you still have a strong opinion and a strong affinity for the team. And so you want the team to be successful and do what they need to do as well. I, and I'm not sorry, but I'm just cutting you off one more time. I'm not saying like Indiana, like we deserve a quick response from a coach, right. but, but I'm saying we objectively have the most support out there. We objectively right. need better. We objectively yeah. can't let things spiral. That's where that's the whole th- basis of where I'm at on Mike Woodson right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that anybody would argue that IU doesn't have one of the most rabid fan bases in all of college basketball. I mean, you know, the Hoosiers are the Hoosiers and the fan base is, is the crazy fan base because they love their basketball team and you know, they they want to see a winner. Uh and they want to see success for their basketball team. I come from <laughs> probably the craziest or one of the craziest football fan bases in all of football, you know, like, and it's one of those things where like you love it and you hate it sometimes. But at the end of the day, it's like anybody who takes the job is going to have the ceiling of like the highest best fan base out there possibly, because if you get this team winning to the level that they, you know, the fans believe should be winning, then you're going to have the most support, in the world and Mike Woodson had two good seasons previously but both of those good seasons were led by a player in Trace Jackson Davis and that's the part that I feel like this season Mike Woodson has not been able to replicate he's not had a player who's been that on-court coach who's been that on-court motivator for these guys I uh, Kalel Ware for as much as I love his game the dude is very quiet does not show a ton of emotion which is fine not everybody has to be you know the way Trace Jackson Davis was uh but but that's really hard when the leader is the one who's very subdued not a whole lot of emotion uh and Malik Renew like he's very good and he's able to do some of those things but I don't think that he has the comfortability comfort comfortability of a guy like Trace Jackson Davis to be that leader yet and I think some people this season whether fans like it or not some players this season we're looking for was looking for that guy to be X. They were looking for Xavier Johnson to be that guy. And unfortunately, Xavier Johnson has just not been that guy. He's been erratic. He's been <laughs> crazy with the technical fouls and things like that at one point this season. And now he's not even starting. Now, you know, granted, that's because of injury and stuff like that, more than you know, I think Gabe Cups being a better player, but still, like it's hard when that guy is not in all the time uh with the team. And so I look at this season and I know from like an outside perspective, IU fans are probably going to tell me, you know, JR, you just don't understand. And that's fine. I understand. But from, from an outside perspective, looking in, I look at this season, and I say, this was a season where Mike Woodson just completely botched the backcourt construction of this team. He trusted Xavier Johnson. And as much as that was a bad decision, I don't know if I would have made a different decision. I probably would have rode with Xavier Johnson too and said, look, this is my guy. I'm going to ride with him this season and I'm going to make, I mean, I, I, I'm going to do what we have to do in order to get him win. And I would remind IU fans, many of you believe that Xavier Johnson was one of the best point guards in this league coming into mm-hmm. this season. So many, many IU fans were obviously not complaining about this decision by Mike Woodson. And unfortunately one, he's had injuries and two, he's like I said, been a little too erratic in his nature. So I don't put the 
entire season on Mike Woodson. I do put an aspect of the roster construction because I think you needed a better backup point guard than a freshman in Gabe Cups. Uh, but I also look at it and I say, I don't think it was the worst decision in the world to trust Xavier Johnson. Do you agree, Burke? No, man. Like, like you, you just nailed it. I, I, I honestly believed at the very least this would be the most just stifling defensively backcourt in the nation, which it hasn't been, or in the conference. I mean, yeah. Um, like I thought, I thought X and Trey heading into this season was just going to lock down the opposition, but uh, yeah, honestly, we yeah we made this bed. We we lay yeah we we have to sleep in it. I I was on team yeah Xavier Johnson all the way. Of course, like I I didn't open my mind to other possibilities like I now have to from here on until the end of time. But yeah, it, it's just a shame to see how it all went down. Here's hoping that his story is yet to be done in Indiana, and we can turn it around and uh, have some fun here to finish it out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And I, and I think next year. If Mike Woodson makes it there, which I think he should, and I get, and I, and I'm not saying that anybody's wrong. I understand the people who are saying it might be time for Mike Woodson to move on. I get that. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I get where you're coming from. Uh, I do think that give Mike Woodson this time, let him go into the portal. He just got Kalel Ware out of the portal, turned him into an NBA prospect when he wasn't that last year at Oregon. Uh, I mean, he was a five star, but he, Oregon wasn't getting out of him what Mike Woodson has been able to get out of him this season. You have Malik Renew coming back. Hopefully you have Trey Galloway coming back. Hopefully I know some people are speculating on him. However, if you can bring the right guys back and you can bring in one or two transfer portal guys, I could see a good season for IU next year. Yeah, man. If we, if we can just transfer in a backcourt, if we can keep Trey, like I, for some reason I hear rumbles of people saying Trey's getting offers from other people. And I'm just like, I, I don't know about that. I imagine whatever he's getting offered, there is a homer bonus that a bunch of IU fans would be willing to give. But it, it's, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's. Sorry, I'm all over the place. I'm good. <laughs> spaced out there. God. You're good. No, it, it, it's it's wild to think about, and obviously it's it's you know nobody wants to think about next season at the end of this season. However, uh, I yeah have no seen... sorry yeah thank you thank you. I yeah. was saying, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Good man. I whatever whenever you are out there shopping for a backcourt, which Indiana absolutely has to do, we have to go find some shooters. The idea of a backcourt, sell it, pitching that with the frontcourt being. Malik Renew, McKenzie at the four, and Liam McNeely at the three. Like that, that's that's decent. That is a a very you know tantalizing proposal for who may consider themselves out there one of the like key point guard transfers. So I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna optimistically head into the transfer portal and hope to God Indiana can figure it out. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Dave's giving us updates here on the uh, Illinois-Minnesota game. Thank you, Dave. My second screen I'm using for for notes, so I don't actually have a game on. Thank you for giving us some updates there. And then he also says Michigan, Indiana, and Maryland is the reason why the conference is down this year. Ohio State, too. Don't forget us. We stink. (laughs) So we're another reason that things are not uh, great this year. And and, and it's tough. It's tough to uh, see the conference down, but I also look at 
most of those teams, not really Michigan. Is that all the comment was? Yeah. Dude. Uh, who Thanks. Would you Just, yeah, we're down bad, dude. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> God. But Thank I would you. add Ohio State to it. I would add Ohio State to it as well. They, uh, <laughs> they're down bad too. So we're in it together, Burke. No worries. <laughs> All right, Burke. Let's go to our next game here. Let me move on over. Penn State loses at Iowa. Iowa has an offensive explosion, scoring ninety points this game. They always have a much better offense at home than they do on the road. Not that they have a bad offense on the road, but the offense is just much better at home. Penn State. They've been a crazy team. They're out of conference was not great, but they're nearly 500 in the conference, in, even though they're under 500 at, uh, in their overall record. So it's been a wild season for Penn State, but it's nice to see IU kind of surging here at the end of the year. Peyton Sanford gets the first triple-double in, Ohio, in uh, Iowa history for a player there, which is really cool for him. I think Peyton Sanford is really turning into the player that Iowa needed him to be. This season, Owen Freeman is starting to get more comfortable. Not like he wasn't before, but he's just he's getting more comfortable, doing even better. I can see him growing throughout the season. Burke, what were your thoughts on this Iowa win over Penn State? Uh, first, uh, just off the tip, as the network's foremost Peyton Sanford hater, I just have to sit back and just give this guy his due. Uh, only triple double in program history. That's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, you know, astounding. I will say uh, 17 of those 26 points did come from the charity stripe, so not the most climactic uh, triple-double. But uh, nonetheless, Peyton Sanford deserves uh, his flowers on this occasion. And uh, you, you saw in this game, Penn State, Penn State shooters were destroying the Hoosiers. I mean, both, both times we've matched up with them, they've gotten the best of us. And a lot of that was Nick Kern and uh, Zach Hicks. And uh, over the course of this game, the trio of Jameel Brown, Nick Kern, and Zach, H- Zach Hicks uh, combined for a 5-for-24 from the floor. Now, uh, if Penn State's not converting, they're not going to win. Like you, When those three guys are combining at that rate, it's, it's a tough day for the Nittany Lions. And, and yeah, it, uh, yeah, sorry, on top of the Nittany Lions, like you saw, you saw actual technicals. So 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 familiar to the IU fan base. You saw technicals have a direct outcome on this game. You saw Ace Baldwin's jawing of that ref, just leading to a twenty-one to nine run by the Nilan or the uh, Hawkeyes. It's just yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, when I look at this Penn State team and what happened in this game, if you're going to look for uh, you know, how how does Penn State win games? It's not Quincy or is it Quincy? Uh, yeah, or Q- QS. I forgot. Uh, QS. However you pronounce his name, uh, Wahab. Yeah, um, it's not going to be him being your leading scorer. Now, I, I have nothing against Wahab. I think Wahab is is a very fun player to watch, and I think that he is a good piece for this Penn State team. But he's he's not leading scorer on the team to win you the game type of guy more often than not. Can they win a game when he's a leading scorer? Yes, they can. But it's not the winning formula that this Penn State team needs. Uh, You need somebody like Ace Baldwin to get more than 11 points. Yes, he had nine assists, and that's awesome for him. However, he needs to score more than that, and he needs to get more than two steals a game, which is 
wild to say you need more than two steals a game, but that's, I mean, that's who Ace Baldwin is. It's the defense yeah. that he brings, and he's able to not just do uh, in the passing lanes, but also pr- the one-man press up the court, doing those kind of things. So it, it's interesting here to see that, but at the end of the day, I, I mean, Iowa, their offense is just so potent. Not only do you have Paint Sanford scoring 26, where 18 of his points were free throws, by the way, which is wild. Uh, but you also had Josh Dix going two for three from behind the arc, scoring 20 points. Josh Dix, I mean, he's this guy who gets 20 points, no rebounds, and maybe one or two assists almost every game, which is just wild to me. But, I mean, he, he's out there. He knows where to shoot from, and he... And he does it. So I, I can't really critique him for it because he's out there playing his role, doing what he needs to do. So uh, and Tony Perkins, Tony Perkins is a very underrated point guard in this league. I feel like when Tony Perkins is on and when Tony Perkins is playing well on both ends of the court, I was a really tough team to beat. Uh, no, Indi- like- Indiana and Purdue both screwed up with that one. Yes, I feel like you know Iowa in this game. He was one of the one of the main reasons why Penn State had such a hard time is because Tony Perkins was doing a good job on defense. Uh, and I had four turnovers uh, on offense, so that's not great. But he also had two steals, and so he was getting it done on the defensive end, making up for a bit of the turnovers on the offensive end there. So uh, Burke, this Iowa team, they're kind of getting some momentum. They're 17 and 12. They have at Northwestern and Illinois at home to finish the season. Do you see any possibility of this Iowa team making the NCAA tournament? Uh, I don't, I don't, man. I, I, I don't know, but see like the, uh, the weird thing is honestly, I'd have more faith in them now than ever. If they did, um, uh, it's it's, it's so strange at the right time program. they're you know? clicking at the right time right now fran seems to be his most just agreeable ever ever this dude is this dude is a gem he's a peach compared to what we've seen and uh yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on over there but they're they're starting to put some stuff together i i like i like them looking good it makes our win look a little better but it, yeah i i ultimately I, I don't think the Big Ten's going to get its usual just, you know, Baker's dozen into the tournament. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, you think less than six? Or are you think uh, less than six or seven? How many do you think get in? Because, uh, like, it's like Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska, who are kind of the locks right now. And then it's the Northwestern Michigan State that are like, we think they're going to get in. You know, I think I think anybody I think anybody above Michigan State gets really because wow. I think I honestly, dude, the way they talk about Michigan State, I'm sorry if there's any Michigan State fans listening. Like it seems like they are going to do whatever it takes to get them in the tournament. Whoever uh, has is better than Michigan State on paper is in the tournament because Michigan State is somehow going to find themselves there. I mean, who would you rather see in the tournament? Would you rather see Iowa or Michigan State in the tournament? I'd rather see the the team with the more wins, like like the team that earned it, man. You can say how the numbers say how the team should produce and how this team should project, but like how have they actually played the games? It's yeah, not Michigan State, man. It, it's I, I feel I feel for their fan base right now because I couldn't even imagining like I couldn't even imagine having the hype that they had to kick off this season and just see how it's been. Uh, my yeah. Heart goes out to a fan base who's seeing the end of a truly great coach. Yeah, and I mean he's he's getting super defensive in front of the media and everything like that. That's I, the beginning I of the end. That's yeah, the beginning I mean, of the end. 
it's it, it is honestly sad to watch because you look at Tom Izzo's career and who he's been and what he's done, and he's been one of the best coaches in the Big Ten over these years. I mean, he's probably been the best coach in his in his time frame as a coach here in the Big Ten. Most successful, what eight Final Fours, national championship, that kind of stuff. I mean, stuff that Big Ten teams just really haven't been able to do all that much recently. So, I mean, he's he's been a great coach, but for whatever reason this season, he just he doesn't seem to be able to figure out the lineups that he needs to win games. And it's getting really difficult. Meanwhile, you have Fran who has figured out his team, who has figured out the lineups that he needs to play. And he's figured out who his main scores are. I mean, uh, it, to me, it was, it's evident that Peyton Sanford is going to be the next, what Keegan Murray, you know, one of the Murray brothers who is just an offensive scoring machine. Uh, now I don't think he's going to do it the same way. He's not, you know, down low in the post. He, he is kind of a, you know, a bigger, bigger body guy, taller, I shouldn't say bigger body. He is taller than I think some people give him credit for out there because they just think he's a guard, but he is able to do some other things uh, than, than handle the ball. So that's good. However, he has to be exactly who Iowa needs him to be in order for them to win. If Iowa can win either at Northwestern or Illinois, if they can do that and they rack up three wins in the Big Ten tournament, I think they're in. I think they have a good chance if they do that and they get two wins in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, now, that's a tall task because you'll have to win in the uh, in the second round and you'll have to be one of the two round or uh, two two uh, round by teams in order to do that. However, I think you're going to have good enough matchups and I think you're going to get some quad one opportunities here at the end of the season. If you win three more games, I think Iowa can get in the tournament. All right. So we'll see if it happens. Uh, yeah, we shall see. Go back to Dave. Dave said, Hey, you beat Wisconsin and made a Minnesota fan happy. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> you and Dave can find some common ground. Uh, well, also helps Iowa as well. Well, uh, or as well, Minnesota does. They have two wins against Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's true. I forgot about their two wins against Minnesota, but he's right. Uh, I am recalling that now. So, all right. Uh, hey, before we move on, Burke, I want to remind everybody about CBB Analytics. Go check out CBB Analytics. They give me a free pro tier to tell you every basketball episode about them. We mentioned them to let you know that they provide the best analytics out there for college basketball. Go check out CBB Analytics. You can pay for your tier if you would so choose to, or they just have free tiers that you could also use as well. So go on over to CBB Analytics, check them out, see what they got in store, make an account and uh, just enjoy the analytics and the fun. So, All right, Burke, we uh, are going to get into some previews here now. Our first preview we're going to talk about is Ohio State and Nebraska. Now, Nebraska is going to Ohio State. Nebraska is very hot right now. They could end the season as possibly the second or the third best record in the Big Ten, which is just absolutely wild to think about with the way everybody is choosing them to be you know, 12th or 13th possibly in the Big Ten early on in the year and and in the preseason, but Fred Hoiberg has done some amazing things. He's my choice for coach of the year. Personally, I feel like Fred Hoiberg has turned this team around and really been able to do some things with them that are really special and spectacular. However, going to Ohio state where Ohio state, they've been a pretty hot team under Jake Diebler and Nebraska has not been their best on the road this season. Ken Palm is actually predicting a one point win, giving Ohio state a 51% chance to win this game. Burke, the uh, the Buckeyes are hot. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, 
Hey, JR, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm just going to say, honestly, headed into this one, I think things have to level out here a bit. I think uh, the Diebler effect works when your team is heading into the likes of like Purdue and Michigan State. But like, no offense to Nebraska. They are so good right now. They th- This is the best Nebraska has literally ever been. It is. And uh, no offense to them at all, but you just don't get up for Nebraska like you do Purdue and Michigan State. It, 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 yeah, it's looking ahead on the program, but I, I, I see things leveling out. Rink Mast just distributes from the front court like a diet TJD, so I respect the hell out of him for that. Uh, Juwan Gary just is the ultimate team guy, just does everything little you need done. Bryce Williams is playing his ass off, playing the best ball he has been. And Tomonaga is going to Tomonaga. Like, it, it, I, I, I like Nebraska here. Like, the guards of the Buckeyes, they're super athletic. And, you know, they can go and win you a game. But I feel like the highs of these Ohio State wins, uh, it, it has to come back down to earth. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, even for me, an Ohio State fan looking at this game, I feel like the storyline is more about Nebraska here than it is Ohio State. Ohio State's a nice story. And, you know, they've played spoiler in a couple games here and and frustrated, you know, the likes of Sparty and uh, the Boilermakers, which has been fun as a fan. But at the end of the day, you'd like to see it all season, not just. Yeah, if you fire your you're on to the next season, that's yeah. But like it is fun to have these. Right. Uh, but the way I, I look at this Nebraska team, and, and honestly, I mean, when you look at the schedules of Nebraska, I mean, they are a game and a half back, I think. I want to make sure they're so – well, it depends on what happens with this Illinois game tonight. Uh, but I believe as of right now, they are a game and a half back from Illinois. And Illinois has a really hard stretch here to end the season. They have Minnesota tonight. I forget who their next games are, but I was just looking at it the other day thinking to myself, this is a pretty tough stretch to end the season excuse me, to, uh, for, for Illinois. Meanwhile, Nebraska has Ohio State, Michigan, Rutgers. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't get much easier than that to end the season for you. And so if Nebraska can, in fact, win these last three games of the season and Illinois falters tonight against Minnesota, possibly falters in another game, we could be looking at the second best record in, in – uh, in the Big Ten, and uh, truthfully, it would be criminal if the season ends and Nebraska is the second best team or second best record in the conference, and they're not ranked. That would be criminal, Burke. Honestly, it, it, it truly would, man. Does, does this conference play mean nothing? What are we doing out here, adding teams to conference like schedules? If it just means nothing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I but I totally agree with what you're saying about guys like Juwan Gary and Rank Mass. Like when I look at this Ohio State team, I and I know this is not the most popular things to say for Ohio State fans, but if I'm just being honest, Ohio State has lost these games uh, or has won these past couple games against Purdue and Michigan State because I honestly believe those teams lost those games. I don't think Ohio State went out there and played a game to win. I think that they took advantage of Purdue's mistakes and Michigan State's mistakes, which also deserves credit. I'm not trying to take any, uh, you know, all the credit away from Ohio State, but when I look at these games, I see Michigan State making errors and Purdue making errors that allowed Ohio State to do, do what they had to do to win the game. So I give less credit to Ohio State for the wins and more credit and more credit to Michigan State and Purdue losing those games so that's going to be the biggest thing i think for nebraska going into this game is can nebraska play 
their brand of basketball, although they're on the road, can they play their brand of basketball? Can uh, Tamanaga get out there, be a hot shooter on the road, and really take down this Buckeye team? I, I, I'll i be honest, I'm kind of rooting for it a little bit because <laughs> I do like Nebraska a lot this season. However, I can't completely root for it because I can't root for my team to lose. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. but I feel like this would be like the one loss this season where I just shrug my shoulders and be like, ah, "Okay, it's fine." Man, I, I I do think it's pretty funny that you pointed it out. You thought it was Purdue and Michigan State losing and not Ohio State winning because that definitely sounds like a fan of a fan base who had to fire their coach and has is just resigned to the idea of this year's done. <laughs> I mean, you watch those games, though. Do you? No, do you I like, no. I, I'm telling you, like that. That's exactly the mindset that a lot of us would have right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm just being honest. You know, I, I try not to be Mr. Homer and and yeah. you know, you know, think my my team is the greatest thing ever. Although I want them to be, <laughs> I try to be realistic about things. But you know, I look at this Nebraska team and Fred Hoiberg. He's just done a fantastic job with them and. Uh, like I said, it's it's really about going on the road, playing a good game on the road, being able to take advantage of uh, the other team and their mistakes and not make your your own terrible mistakes uh, and, and do what you have to do to win. So uh, is there any particular matchups or guys on this Nebraska team or Ohio State team that you're looking at, Burke, that you think will kind of be like the catalyst for the win or the loss either way? Man, I, I've always just preached it's Juwan Gary's team in my mind. Just everything he does, he he does he fills in the blanks for this team in so many ways. And uh, uh yeah, when you when you have a guy like that who's willing to do the dirty work, who just like is he's such a team guy. Like the, he's such a team guy that once he was done filling in the Alex starting role, like he earned it. He he's kept it and uh it's his. I thought he was a favorite for Big Ten, like six man of the year, until he just said, No, nah, I'm no six man. So I uh, yeah, I, I I just can't give that guy enough praise for the season he's having. And then Rink Mass just coming from the Netherlands just to take over. Like he, he he's he has blown like me away like with how he's come into court. the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he is doing, like I said before, some diet TJD stuff where he is getting that ball up at the top of the key and he's, he's distributing just like distributing with the best of them. Yeah. The, in the knee pad thing there, the knee brace thing that he has on doesn't really help either. Cause I've played uh, in a number of uh, adult league uh, games and stuff like that in basketball where, you know, you see the, the dad with the, uh, with the knee brace on and you're like, okay, he doesn't look super threatening, but uh, he's going to eat your lunch. If you let this guy push, this guy pushes it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So rank mass, he's one of those guys that like you go out on the court and you're like, Oh, you know, we can take care of this guy. You know, Felix Akparo looks like he's way more athletic and uh, way better than this guy. But I tell you, rank mass, he's a smart player. He does the things that he needs to do. Uh, I think ultimately Nebraska wins this game. I don't know exactly by how much. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game going into the end, but I think Nebraska probably pulls away with some free throws, maybe wins by six or seven points, uh, maybe somewhere in the uh, high 60s to low 70s range there. Uh, Burke, you uh, would you pick Nebraska to win this game as well? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, I expect water to find its level here. I expect the Ohio State team to come back down to earth a little, and uh, I'm, I'm expecting the Huskers' victory here. 
yeah, yeah. And like I said, I wouldn't be too mad about it. So I would be sad to see my Buckeyes lose, but you know, if it's for the Cornhuskers, no. hey Buckeyes, okay. you're gonna hire a great coach, and next year it's full steam ahead. But rumor yeah, is Sean you Miller. gotta be okay with losing when you're yeah when you have an interim. You tell me before we before we move on from this one. You tell me if if IU was hiring Sean Miller because that's the big name that apparently is rumored right now. Would you be happy with IU hiring Sean Miller? No, because I ultimately think it would be a revenge plot by the Miller brothers to oh. destroy us as a population. But um, anybody else, maybe. <laughs> I thought Wes Miller and Sean Miller were related for the longest time. No, Sean Miller definitely doesn't like the IU fan base either. He he would definitely prescribe to that idea of who wants to take a job that you're so easily fired from because he has only preached that that Indiana fan, like the Indiana fan base, just cannot be satiated in the well, eyes. They gave Archie like, four in years. Sean Miller's. Yeah, no, but according to Sean Miller, like we will never be satisfied. Yeah. Well. I don't know. I wasn't even an IU fan. I wasn't even satisfied watching that one. Oh, he put out of the course. So you know what? Yeah. Hey, what we didn't do in the Archie area era was get to the tournament. Mike's gotten there two out of three times. He deserves a fourth shot, I guess. <laughs> uh, Dave checking in again, letting us know Illinois versus Minnesota is a classic right now. Total opposite of Northwestern game. Holy crap! Forty-five to forty-eight, Illinois at the half. I'm excited to watch God. that once we get off here. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go ahead and finish it up here. We uh, Burke, we have. Oops, I'm gonna take this comment down. Michigan State is going to Purdue in this one, so I think most people would say it's pretty obvious. Obvious Purdue is going to win this game. However, Michigan State has lost two in a row, and they need a win, uh, not just for morale, but I also think for their tournament resume a little bit. We talked earlier about how you know. It, NCAA and, and the committee, whoever's choosing these teams, are kind of going to do whatever they can to find a reason to top, put Tom Izzo in. I think they might put him in the play-in game again or something like that if they have to. But uh, but at the end of the day, like if this Michigan State team doesn't get this fixed and doesn't start winning at least a game or two to end the season, things could start getting dicey for them. And uh, this is a big game because if they do lose this game, which they probably will, but if they do lose this game, that's going to be three games in a row, and that's going to be difficult for Michigan State to overcome. Burke, if you were a Michigan State fan, would you be kind of like in panic mode a little bit? What would be your thoughts going into this game? I mean, my thoughts would be we're done. We're toasted because by every stretch of what their record is, man, they should be done and toasted. If it, this, this Purdue win would, of course, just be a just chef's kiss for the uh, – selection committee when they're just like finding any reason to get Michigan state in. And uh, yeah, ultimately Michigan state should be worried because their teams put them into this position at the end of the day. I don't think Michigan, if it's, if, if there's a question, I don't think Michigan state should be worried because Michigan state gets in over any other brand that has a question, but yeah, I mean, yeah, of course they're, they have to be worried. There's no way not to. Yeah, no, I, I if I was if I was a Michigan State fan, I'd be worried for sure. Um, I would be screaming like, "Where who? Where is Ken Palm?" And I need him to sit down and explain to me what his numbers mean because his numbers are telling me this theme should not be what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, Michigan State, like the one thing they have for them is they have 
all of the numbers on their side. And they've had them on their side all season long. They're right now they sit at 24 in net. Um, their Ken Palm currently sits at 19th. Uh, this is a 17 and 11 basketball team who is in the top 20 in Ken Palm. Crazy. In the top 25 Crazy. in net. Yeah, wow. I mean. Wow. So they have the, the numbers. That's the other end of the it thing where yeah. Boo Booey has it, has terrible numbers, but has it. So they win. Like this Michigan State team is very much lacking it. They have all the numbers. They have all the skill. They have all the talent. They have all the metrics. But man, they just at the end of the day, they don't have it this season. Yeah. And then when I look at the numbers, I think, well, there has to be some kind of like statistic to back this up, right? That like, oh, Michigan State does this really well. And that's why, you know, they're up there more. And I, and I get why Nett and Ken Palm are the way they are. I'm not trying to say that they go off like field goal percentage or something like that. But I just, I look at the way uh, the numbers have gone for them this season. They are, I mean, they're outside the top 100 and Many different metrics. I mean, in their effective field goal percentage, they're 105 in their scoring offense. They're 159 in their rebounding. I mean, they're outside the top 200 in nearly every <laughs> rebounding statistic other than margin where they're 186. <laughs> like, I don't, I just, I don't see it. I, and I've, and I've been a Michigan State hater all season long. I get it. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I, I think Tom Izzo is kind of falling apart. We talked about it earlier with the media. We talked about, you know, Xavier Booker and what's going on there. I I I look at this Michigan State team and I seriously question if Tom Izzo still has what he's had all these other seasons to make the runs, make the tournament, and then go deep in it. Even if they make the tournament, I think they're I think they're out in the first round. Man, it's going to be interesting to see like this Michigan State at Purdue game. It's going to be interesting to see what time Savior Booker is given. Like it's he started against Ohio State, correct? Yes. Played How is seventeen he, minutes? I think he cannot start in West Lafayette. I, see, I, I go back and forth because he does spread the floor, which I think would be good for Hogard and Hall to be able to get to the basket a little bit better. Um, but he just, he, he is not the rebounder that he needs to be. And I get that from Tom Izzo saying like, we need a good solid rebounder in there. Uh, I, but that's my other thing is like, I don't, I don't know if Sissoko or Cooper are really all that spectacular to, to justify them to be that much better. I'm not saying they're bad. I think they're both solid rebounders, but in the big 10, like you need somebody who is just an absolute, you know, really good rebounder to be able to box Zach Eadie out and give your other guys a chance. If you're not going to get the ball, I, I don't know if Xavier Booker can do that. I mean, so Tyson Walker was 16% from deep last game for Michigan state. Um, unless he is shooting like 60% from three on I I don't know how they stopped Purdue cuz honestly Michigan State's front court if Zach Eady had a mind to if he really wanted to how does he how, how could they stop him from getting 40 points if he was like I'm going to go get 40 today they can't they can't they can't the only he, thing he, if State, he had the mindset he could be like I'm going to score 60 and 40 of them are coming from the free throw line like it's that's it's what crazy. I was going to say was the, the only thing that Michigan State has in their favor in that matchup is that they have four big men <laughs> 
Yeah. So that means they have 20 fouls to get <laughs> against Zach Eady, which that's more than some Big Ten teams have to be able yeah, to give. Facts, facts. And and that's the thing. Like their offense isn't completely reliant on their big men. So if they do start losing their big men, they're still able. I mean, one of the best statistics for Michigan State this season is their fast break points. I mean, they are averaging 15 fast break points a game, which is really good in college yeah. basketball. Uh, for comparison purposes, Purdue is averaging less than eight, which makes sense because they play slow, they bring the ball down, and you know Zach Eady is a portion of their off is a large portion of their offense to be able to you know run that. But you can't run fast break through Zach Eady all game long. He's going to get too tired. He's going to get out of the game. So, um, but on the other hand, Purdue is shooting over forty percent from three on the season as a team. Like Michigan State, there is there there is no way they are going to win this game if Purdue is shooting the way they're supposed to be shooting because they're not going to be able to stop Zach Eady and Zach Eady is just going to be able to pass out of it whenever he wants and hit Fletcher Lawyer for the three or Braden Smith. Yeah. Or Lance I mean, or Mason Mid- Yeah. Purdue has no business losing this game. Everything's right on track for the Boilermakers. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, like, Hey, Hey, as this game's played tomorrow, right? Uh, Saturday, I think. I think the Ohio State one's tomorrow. Oh, this one's Saturday. Saturday. Gotcha. Hey, that is I'll March. I'll double check really fast. That is March. Oh, yeah, it is March. Yeah, and it's another no Friday. Yes, this is the Saturday night game at 8 o'clock. Gotcha. Fox. So, uh, so I think we'll probably have Gus Johnson for this one. Which, What are your thoughts on Gus Johnson? Do you like Gus Johnson? Oh man, he 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 really broke onto the scene while I was on campus. So yeah, I have a I have a sweet spot for him. I like him. Some people don't like how much he cheers for guys, but I think it's kind of refreshing sometimes. Yeah, you know? man, I don't need some stuffy dude in a suit just like looking down his glasses at everybody. Right. Uh, Dave has <laughs> one more question, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, once top use Michigan State, do you think or do they hire in staff? Or do they look elsewhere? I kind of have a hot take on this, uh, but Burke, I'll let you go first, so I don't, uh, you know, carry the whole conversation with my hot take. Um, well, they follow Indiana and Michigan's lead and hire within the family, and they go after Valentine. Of course, they go after Valentine, and then they're married to him. Even when he fails them, they'll be just in that tough spot from here until the end of time, where they're like, "We can't fire this guy, though. He's a legend." Like. It, it's a, it's a cursed player, place to yeah. be, and uh, right now Indiana is at the very crux of that. And uh, yeah, I couldn't wish it upon my worst enemy, but I will upon Michigan State. <laughs> at least you're not Michigan, though, Burke. That's an yeah. even worse situation, to dude. But they, they did the same thing. You hire a legend, this is what happens. You're stuck with it because man, um, it's the most awkward, painful breakup. Is. Yeah, I think if they give like Tom Izzo any ownership in the hire it's definitely going to be either drew valentine or and you're gonna think i'm crazy that's okay draymond green yeah i i would love that i would love i would love it too i would freaking love that (laughs) but i mean honestly like michigan a michigan michigan state rivalry between juan howard and draymond green dude oh my gosh we would have fist fights after the game dude yeah brought to you by dana white um, but I mean, couldn't you like you tell me like knowing Tom Izzo the way he is, how much he backs his guy, like all those things. Like, couldn't you see Tom Izzo like 
going to Michigan State administration and being like, hey, guys, Drew Valentine, great choice, but I don't think he wants to come here. This guy's going to retire from the NBA. Dude, it was crazy when that whole thing with their school accreditation was going down. Tom Izzo was like the head of the search committee for like who was going to head the education side of things. And I'm yeah. like, what, Dude, what power is this guy given of a, u- a state university? Tom Izzo is a god there. I mean, yeah, he's literally crazy. Crazy. a god, which, which makes everybody turning against him so much more crazy <laughs> through the whole thing. Uh, I mean, they literally named their football uh, – not their stadium, their uh, complex or whatever after Tom Izzo. Like, so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all for naming stuff after like legendary coaches. Don't get me wrong, but it's just, it's, it's funny to see Tom Izzo. Keep it in sport. Keep it in on sport. The right? like, maybe save that name for the basketball complex. I don't Dan know. I just think it's funny. I'm not trying to, to make fun of you Michigan State fans. I know you guys like it, and that's fine. I just, I, I look at it, and I think it's a little comical. Which, no, Mich- Michigan State fans know their ball. They know exactly yeah. what position they find themselves in. So I, I, I do feel for them because they know what's going on. Yeah. And Mich- I mean, Michigan State's just one more of the teams that we thought was going to be a top four, top five team this season in the Big Ten that, you know, them in Maryland, that uh, they just aren't. So Yeah, dude, I, told, I came on the show and told you, I was like, man, a Tom Izzo team with expectations, that might be something dangerous. Yeah. And like I, yeah, I had faith in them to carry the flag for the Big Ten, but damn. Then AJ Hogard, yeah, then AJ Hogard, then Xavier Booker, then. Which I can't be too hard on AJ Hogard because, like, when he's been good, they've been really good this season. It's just he's not. Yeah, super good all season. So, all right. Well, thanks, Burke, for coming in here and uh, talking some ball about this kind of stuff. You want to tell people uh, where they can find Often Daunted at. Thank you, JR, as always. Just so fun coming on the show. If you guys want to hear more from me, want to get some of the Indiana perspective as to how their season's going, how our season is uh, currently just on the brink of people going nuts, people just losing their shit, or just uh, taking it easy and enjoying wins. Um, if you want any of that perspective, follow me everywhere across all socials at often daunted and my podcast is often daunted i do want to point out that is a play on the indiana fight song ne- uh never daunted we cannot falter unfortunately this indiana program has been very daunted over my its recent history so hence the name often daunted thanks you own it burke you own it yep yep got to all you can do all right <laughs> thanks everybody for watching thank you Burke, for coming on appreciate it have a good night yep take it easy